0: Welcome to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. This is where we discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to customers and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. All right. (laughs) Finally. All right. I kind of messed things up getting into here. Welcome to the podcast guys. Alex is back. I'm
1: back. I'm tired.
0: Yeah, we he's been working on a clawfoot tub in the back. So Oh, yeah. So we're going to talk about that. But first, um Yeah, Alex is back. <laughs> I just thought I should touch on that. Uh but I, actually that's the first topic I have here, is working on the clawfoot tub. So like I wanted to like have you kind of break down what you've done this far and uh, you know, like, because I know you said that there are some things with the body that were really bad and stuff like that, so if you could kind of share like the things that you've encountered with it and what you've done so far.
1: Alright, I guess I can do that. Uh, well, we found out the tub was from 1910. We weren't able to decipher which manufacturer actually came from but it's from 1910. Uh, The main thing with these old tubs is a lot of them they have a lot of oxidation a lot of rust Uh, the metal is just corroded Um, good thing about cast iron is it's super thick Um, Mm -hmm. so usually you can sandblast that first layer of uh, you know rust patina whatever you want to call it and get rid of it get down to the bare metal that's exactly what we did we got it sandblasted as well as the legs uh, you sandblast the outside, and then on the inside, you just do a standard acid etch like we would do with any other porcelain surface. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went ahead and filled in all the bodywork. work. Um, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so know, we, we sandblast the outside, uh, and then it basically undergoes the same process as any other surface that you're going to refinish. Yeah, um, which Minus the acid etch, it's mm-hmm. really unnecessary once you're down to the bare metal, as long as... It's decontaminated, um, there's no residual oils or you know from your hands or anything like that. No dust and dirt particles like always just cleaned off very well. You can go ahead and just spray primer on it. Usually you want to do it immediately when you get it from the sandblaster because that exposed metal, if there's any humidity or moisture in the air, it will oxidize it and that rust will come right back onto the surface in a matter of a few hours. So uh, after we got it sandblasted, Brought it back and I immediately just coated everything in a primer. Uh, actually, I coated it in a rust inhibitor first um, mm-hmm. just to make sure that you know, none of that rust is going to resurface. And then I went ahead and applied a primer the following day. Um, after the primer, I sanded it all down with a 220 grit, made sure, you know, blew it out with a compressor, made sure there was no residual dust in there. I tacked everything smooth. And then on the outside, I went ahead and uh, I painted it this, like, maroon royal blue color looks really nice on the outside Uh, and then we went ahead and flipped it and then I've been working on the inside since so I went ahead and did an acid etch and then started doing the body work um, just our standard fiberglass body fill and uh, I also use a glazing and spot putty to really get those fine details make sure that the body's as smooth as possible because those tubs you know they're over 100 years old and they have seen a lot of wear and tear so
0: yeah, and we're going to like we're going to have on the Instagram page and everything. I'm going to have like the video of it. Yeah, we've but, been like,
1: taking videos and pictures uh, throughout the process, so you guys will definitely see step yeah. by step.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really cool, but the especially around like the edge you can see on this one that like it had a really 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 bad like like cracks in the porcelain, rust, everything like that. So it's going to be it's going to be more interesting to see like one like this where, you know, it's wasn't in any type of good condition really
1: yeah and um you know the outside it does have um some cratering and stuff like that some people prefer to keep you know that that kind of vintage look the antique look um mm-hmm. some people won't go ahead and fill every little looking cranny uh, i didn't do that just because you know i want to keep it that classic kind of style you know make sure that you you realize that this is not just a uh, fiberglass or, uh, you know, basically an acrylic plastic tub from, you know, Colder or something like that you can buy right now for 1500 bucks you know. It's really, it's history. It's restored. It's something that's brought back to life, you know. Yeah. So um, and, depending and on, you know, what you want to do with the outside, you can, really, you can really make that shine and represent that, so.
0: Yeah, and it kind of drives home the fact that, like, it's an antique. This thing is actual cast iron and it's from the 1800s, so there's imperfections. Yeah. So when you see those imperfections, some people want to get rid of them, and I think it kind of takes away from, like, the charm of the tub. Yeah, the it's fact not that
1: even just as the charm. Like, uh, cast iron, for instance, um, like, a lot of people compare steel and uh, fiberglass tubs. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, obviously, fiberglass is a cheaper alternative. Steel, you know, it's foundationally, structurally stronger. Um, but, you know, steel has its disadvantages, too. You know, it's almost like a, it's cold to the touch. Nobody wants mm-hmm. to go in. It's like sitting on a cold toilet. You know, it kind of sucks. You know, fiberglass has a warmer touch. Yeah. Um, uh, porcelain uh, and cast iron is similar to steel, but it retains heat a lot better. So the thing is, you know, nobody goes into a tub that's, you know, empty and fills it up. You know, you fill up the tub when you're using a soaking tub. You fill up the tub with water and then you go in. Uh, the thing about cast iron is... One, you know, it obviously, like I said, it retains the heat a lot better. So once you fill that tub up and you go in there, um, you know, it's going to stay warmer a lot longer. And a lot of people don't know, uh, the cast iron, since it's one solid piece of iron, you know, literally in a mold, and it's super thick. um, The way that that they manufacture them, they... They come out super quiet, so water hitting the surface isn't nearly as loud as a fucking steel tub or you know fiberglass, whatever.
0: And they suppress the sound because they're so thick. Yeah,
1: it literally it literally suppresses the sound.
0: Yeah, and I and like you know, and I didn't mean to like just because of like the charm from the tub, but still, yeah, like, but that's like, also
1: you know, it's all about it's like a whole package too. A lot yeah. of people think it's just about the character though, but there's more to it. You know, cast yeah. iron has different advantages as well.
0: Yeah, and I I think personally, like when I see the tub and I see something that old, I mean, the point, I think, of buying something antique is to, you know, have that, like, that classic look or feel or something yeah. like that. And, like, you know, the way it looked back then when they didn't have the technology to smooth this stuff out and make it look, like, perfect every single time, I mean, that's, those little imperfections are what give it, you know, the charm. Character, so, yeah. character yeah. So, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. It's really coming along Today, you did the primer on the inside of the porcelain, Mm -hmm. and then you did uh, primer on the legs. Yeah, so I'm really
1: taking my time with this. This is a tub. We're not planning on selling it or anything. We're going to use it probably for a showroom here in the office. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just want to take my time with it, you know, give it a really nice thick glaze. Um, I'm going to be polishing and, you know, wet sanding, dry sanding in between coats, just making sure it's completely smooth. I want that finish to come out like glass, you know. So uh, after after the primer is completely set, Which it should be already set, but once it's, you know, completely dry to the point that I can sand it, I'm going to go ahead and find any little nicks that I see, fill them in, make sure it's completely, completely smooth. I don't want any little imperfections on the surface, so that way that final finish just comes out beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's going to turn out really, really good. And the reason, like, I mean, if someone were to make us an offer, we probably would sell it. But this one, especially since it had so many, like, there was, it's not that it was... Like terrible or irreparable but like you yeah know. it
1: was it was one of those that uh normally
0: we probably th- wouldn't even do
1: yeah it was in a lot rougher condition than what we normally see uh we have another one there that's in a lot better condition yeah. and it's been painted before on the outside and you could just tell that the paint has kind of uh preserved it over the years you know there's so many layers and layers of paint it's like the the bare metal hasn't been exposed in probably ever you know yeah so that one that's the outside you know it can come out more like a glass finish rather than you know you're looking for the more of these satin finishes, these flat finishes to hide those imperfections on you know a different style tub that has a rougher outside mm-hmm. uh you know with the inside as long as the porcelain's in good shape, you can always make it look amazing um but you know it goes back to whether you want the character, you want something to look spotless, you know,
0: yeah, and just again, like the way we're like the color choices you you came with the color you wanted inside white outside like a kind of like a not dark but like a nice blue color yeah. and then like the, a bit of a dark
1: royal blue
0: yeah like a royal blue and then silver for the legs yeah uh, and I think it's gonna look really nice once and it's just
1: a nice simple colorway you know but that blue is just makes it really pop especially with the contrast with that bright white and then. You Originally, I was gonna do uh, like gold legs, gold fixtures, just because I like how it pops. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, I figured, you know, the, the we the the silver paint that we have on hand, you know, it, it would look nice, and it's kind of easier to find a color match to silver than a specific shade of gold. So um, yeah, so you know, I like how it's gonna come out. Well, so far, I like how it's coming out. So hopefully, yeah. by the end product, it's just you know beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's coming along, and like it's cool now that we have a fucking facility for this shit. We can do yeah. these things because before, I mean, we just couldn't.
1: yeah. I've been really getting into just finding old clawfoot tubs and just restoring them on the side. You know, yeah. But so it's kind of becoming like a hobby. But you know, it's it's one of those things that you really feel like you're you're bringing something back to life, and you know, there's a sense of like pride and gratification with that because it's like something that. You know, people use as horse troughs or, like, you know, they used to feed their animals. Some people, they're just sitting in junkyards for years and years and years, you know, and so many people overlook them. But, you know, if only you knew what it could become, right? Yeah. That's why, like, I like, you know, I enjoy doing it. And plus, I can take my time here in the shop and make sure everything is done right. You know? Yeah,
0: and I, I don't like necessarily, like, sometimes when people call me and, like, they're like, oh, I need the tub refinished, and it's a clawfoot tub, normally, like, you know, I tell them like the right way to do this is a complete other way, and I always try to quote them for that because the thing is like the those cast iron tubs if they're like rusting on the surface or something like that, it's very likely that the rust is penetrated through all that um, cast iron, and you know you really need to sandblast it, you know, put anti corrosive on there and all that stuff to really do it right.
1: Yeah, you want to. There wanna are get some companies it that just go at bare metal, you know. Yeah, I mean anybody anybody can make it look nice. It's all about creating that long-lasting, durable finish, right?
0: Yeah, and that's kind of why I market that side of the business like the clawfoot tubs, antique sinks, stuff like that. I kind of brand it differently than the regular stuff. I brand it as antique restoration because it's more in tune with that than simply bathtub refinishing like Yeah. To properly Definitely. restore a clawfoot tub is not something that could be done in a couple of hours, like at the tub of your house. Yeah, it's
1: a much longer, more tedious process. Yeah, and you want somebody who's going to be meticulous and look over all those details.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then you know we also want these things to last a super long time, so that's another thing. Yep. Well, um, yeah, I got someone calling me, but I'll give them a call back. I <laughs> could wait. Um, so basically. Some of the like like we were just talking about since we're working on this clawfoot tub and stuff, um, we have some content coming for that, so people could look for that. We're gonna like do like a time lapse of it, and then like you know kind of have like individual videos and stuff like that because we're taking so many pictures and videos <laughs> that there's just gonna be a lot of stuff coming out for with the clawfoot tub and the next one too. So
1: yeah, yeah, the next one I'm thinking about doing it in black. Yeah, see yeah. how that one turns out, but that one it's gonna be. Really nice. I think it's a smaller tub, too, but maybe a few inches, but I'm not sure. But.
0: Yeah, so I just wanted to tell people, like, you know, what to look for. Also, uh, if you guys follow us on Instagram, the Bathtub Guys uh, Instagram page, which is at Bathtub Guys, um, we're doing a Q&A. Uh, you know, if you guys want to put questions there, we'll answer them. Um, I'm going to, you know, take any questions, um, preferably business-related, but, you know, I'll put a fun one in there if someone wants to put something like that in there. But, um, so basically, I also, you know, I wanted to touch on the coffee tub thing, obviously, because that's what we've been doing most of the time in the back. Uh, You know, touch on the content, the Q&A and everything. But I really wanted to kind of do a segment where we talked about maybe, like, the most common questions that we get from people. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just did it for this week, just, you know, for timing, and also just so that we can, like, do more later. Uh, answer maybe three or four of like the most common questions. So um, we can both answer. I'll put it, push it to you first. Um, you know, and if you want to jump in or something like that, we could do that. So the first right. the first question is, what is bathtub refinishing? So like in the simplest way, like I get calls all the time. Like people are like, so what exactly is bathtub refinishing or bathtub reglazing? And you know, kind of explain what it is to someone who has no fucking clue what this thing is.
1: Okay. So what you're doing is essentially you're prepping the surface of your bathtub to receive the material, right? So you're etching the surface, you're creating valleys, you're doling out the surface and you're applying three to four coats of a very water resistant, uh, paint you could say it's paint it's more of a resin of glue if you will it's a two-part resin yeah um yeah doing this um it's almost like putting a glaze on the outside of your boat so it resists more water you know it makes it easier to maintain um a more durable surface uh long lasting shine long lasting finish that just lasts for a lot more years you know and um yeah it's it's not it's not a like a super long process, you know, um, it's something that we can do in a matter of a few hours. You get in there, prep the surface, spray your coats, you know, make sure it's completely clean, spray your coats, clean up properly. And within a matter of a few hours, the fumes completely dissipate and the mat and, you know, overnight you can already use it the following day in a matter of 24 hours. Um, but essentially you're, you're uh, putting a thick glaze around the entire surface of the tub to uh, make it more water resistant, make it more durable, and um, just make it nicer overall.
0: Yeah, so so that's a good answer. So like, so typically, like you know, it's different. Like when you're on the sales call, because people just want to hear like, you know, you got to kind of compress it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. So like, I, I guess I can give since I do that that part, I can kind of give like that side of it. So what I always tell people. You know, in case you run into someone who doesn't know what bathtub refinishing is, or they want to know more, basically, I always tell people it's a cost-saving alternative to replacement um, that restores the tub to as close as new as close to new as you can get without just outright replacing the thing. Um, you know, you don't want to set the expectation that it's going to look brand new out of the factory because there could always be little things. And also, sometimes the tub itself is not perfect.
1: Yeah, even from the factory, sometimes there's imperfections. Yeah, I mean,
0: we've seen tubs. I mean, since we've done so many, I know you've probably encountered it where it has a run or, like, an indentation from the factory, from the pressed porcelain. So, yeah, that's kind of how I explain it in a nutshell really quick. People kind of understand, like, I'm just restoring it and making it look better than it was before, and it's saving you a shit ton of money.
1: Bringing it back to life, basically. Yeah, Yeah, so,
0: yeah, and then the more detailed response like alex gave you know like with the process and stuff like that i mean once they once they're interested then you can start breaking down the process and stuff like that yeah. but yeah so so that's one of the most common questions you get what is bathtub refinishing um and you know that's the answer <laughs> um so another question that i get a lot is does bathtub refinishing last and if so like how long you know does this last when it's applied um,
1: if it's applied properly, it can last anywhere from five to ten years depending on how well somebody maintains it um, you know that that it's kind of contingent on you know what they're using to maintain it and also the prep itself if the techs you know prep the the surface properly make sure that there's adhesion on every layer and um, if that everything is done properly and you know it's sealed correctly with the proper caulking and everything like that five to ten years at the very least Um, if it's maintained properly it could last even longer than that Uh, if you want to use abrasive chemicals or something like that abrasive scrubby pads something like that can the finish can dull out and it can peel within a year or two yeah so it, it it always there's always factors that come into play with something like this and maintenance is usually the biggest thing
0: yeah so yeah kind of like going with what he was saying uh a lot of the a lot of the fact of this you know a lot of the factors of this lasting a long time is based on how you care for it, so like you wouldn't use bleach or Ajax or comet to clean the outside of your car, so don't do it to clean the refinished bathtub. The materials, though they are not the same, are similar, and so you know those things are too abrasive like Ajax or soft scrub or something like that. They have micro abrasions that scratch the surface and dull them out. It's
1: like you're wet sanding or buffing it, you know, and over time that will dull out the finish and then eventually it'll thin it out to the point it's going to flake, it's going to peel and that's just stuff you don't want.
0: Exactly. So, um, you know, it lasts a long time though. Like he said, five to seven years. I bathtub guys. We warranty it for seven years. Uh, or five to ten years, we warranty for seven yep. years. It could outlast that. Yeah,
1: we've had customers call us from ten-plus years ago That's it's still in great shape. It just needed a light sanding and a fresh coat, literally, because they maintained it properly.
0: Exactly. And, and, and you know, a couple of things that are indicators if something, like, didn't adhere correctly, uh, you know, because it's kind of like a gray area. Some people think, oh, this thing didn't last anything. Well, the material itself will last as long as it's done properly. But we have had, and we've seen people, like, like everything's peeling, including the primer. Well, the primer's supposed to be stuck onto the surface, so mm-hmm. if you see that it's peeling and the primer's actually stuck onto the surface, nine out of ten times, it's something that you did as the person caring for this thing. Because if the primer, if the top coat and the primer adhered, and now it's unadhering, but the primer's still on there, then the preparation's all sound. It's it's usually something. Or if,
1: uh, or if the top finish is worn out to the point you see primer. Mm-hmm something like that then you know you're using something that's far too abrasive and you're literally wearing down the finish
0: yeah and most commonly that would be like a scrubby pad a soft scrub uh something like that if you're a hotel and you're using lemonese don't do that from <laughs> Ecolab, that shit will fucking strip your bathtub just like the embassy suites but we're not talking about that um but you know so yeah so Proper care and maintenance, 5 to 10 years. This stuff lasts a long time. It could last longer. I mean, if you really, really, really are careful with it. When my dad uh, used to work, when our dad used to work up in Massachusetts, he had a customer call me like a year ago, and he had done that stuff 15 years ago, like, at that point. So, I mean, it'll last. It'll fucking last. Um, Another question I get all the time is basically, can I only refinish the tub in white? I get that question all the time. It's probably nope. the most common question.
1: Nope. Um, we have a few off-white tones that come standard and no extra, no additional charge. Um, that being said, you can literally get any color you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get you know we get our our uh, paint from a, our own paint distributor, our own manufacturer, and they can custom. Any color we want. So as long as we know ahead of time, we can get literally any color. You want pink, you want green, you want granite-looking tub, we can do it all. So
0: Yeah, so, yeah, we, we get it from Midwest Chemical, and, and they're really, really good. We've used them for a long time. Yeah, and, and
1: a lot of a lot of our finishing companies are actually supplied by them, too. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so all they need is the uh, color code for Sherwin-Williams, or uh, I think they do PPG, too. Yeah. But I usually time, yeah,
1: usually the Sherwin Williams code is easy to find. Yeah. They have a variety almost every shade ever. So
0: Yeah, and at Home Depot you can see them. If you actually there's a lot of Sherwin Williams stores. So if you go to them like you'll find one. And uh most of the time I tell people to get the one that is in the format of like it's like SW and then the four digits. If you get like a HGSW or something like that, typically those are like The HGTV, like, special color tones that they custom mix or something like that. And I know Midwest doesn't always match them. So depending on who you have, uh, who your paint distributor is, you got to kind of find that out. But pretty much any color. I mean, the other, last week, Gene did a job where he did the tub and the tile around the entire bathroom and the floor. And the whole bathroom was pink, except for the tub. She wanted it white. But the floor and everything was pink. And it was like... I mean, it was like baby pink. It was like that. It was like a fucking super, super light pink. And. Jeez. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, so, I mean, so, it's not,
1: not, not even surprising. But
0: honestly. that is something that's a benefit of refinishing. That bathroom project was more like a restoration of an old bathroom. Because you go into a Home Depot today, you are never going to find pink tile for a bathroom. Especially that same type of, you know, yep. square tile. You're not going to find it. You're not going to find that. So, uh, one of the benefits to refinishing in general is that, the color. I mean, it's a big benefit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Get any any color you want. And also... A lot of people like the aesthetic of older-looking tile, you know, the older-looking tubs. And they don't want to necessarily tear apart their whole bathroom to, you know, change the color or to make it look nice again. And, you know, that's something we offer, so...
0: Yeah and and another benefit too is that uh, a lot of these products are interchangeable so one of our most popular products is uh multistone and multi spec is another name for it and basically it's like that uh it's like kind of looks like what we have on the table here except for this is like a factory finish, but it's like a base coat the specs and a clear coat over it and you can use that on anything too I've seen hotels where they do the entire tubs in them now I don't like that, but some people have different tastes and so you know, we offer that, too. It looks really nice on tile, though. I do. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I like how it contrasts, like, the walls and stuff, having the specs and then the tub being solid. It always looks nice for the shower. So, you know, it just depends. But the important thing is that we have options. And unlike another a, a lot of people in the area, like, we have all this stuff on our website. So, like, too many people who do bathroom refinishing complain about not having... I mean, we used to, when we started... uh I remember my parents, our parents always saying, like, oh, no one has ordered multi-stone in, like, months. Well, it, nobody ordered it because nobody was talking about it. It wasn't even on the website. So, you know, and that goes to people out there who do this type of work. Put the stones on the website if you offer them, and if...
1: Offer all or show an example of all your colorways or, you know, tell them you can match any color. Exactly. Or, you know... Give them the options, right? Like, give them give them the opportunity to see what else you offer, you know, because yeah. you, you never know what business you could miss out because you just didn't have a color swatch on your website.
0: <laughs> yeah, and charge them more for it, too. I mean, if somebody Especially wants...
1: Especially if it has to be custom made or anything like exactly. that. Custom um, mixes, I always yeah, charge it, more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially yeah. if it, you know, if they charge you more, charge them even more. <laughs> exactly,
0: and multi stone is one of those... Uh, multi stone is one of those things that can't be applied in one day uh sometimes because some of the patterns are heavier than others Mm -hmm. and if you don't wait the 24 hours between it and let it dry uh you know it could be a a mess so like you know you gotta account for that too if you're gonna shoot someone's tile and they have one of those old bathrooms where it's like the bathtub and the tile everywhere you might want to like charge an extra two or three hundred bucks i've done it yeah yeah don't be afraid to charge. Yeah, the reason,
1: and the reason you can't, most of the time, you can't really do it in a one-day process is because you're using an oil-based primer most of the time. Well, actually, all the time. Yeah. And then you're using the all of the specs. They come in a water-based solution. So you're spraying, you know, oil, then you're spraying water, water on top of that, and they do not mix. So you need to make sure that either the primer is completely set, and then you're going to try to spray, spray an oil-based clear coat on top of that, right? So... You need to make sure your primer is completely set. You need to make sure that the day you spray the, clear, or the specs, you need to let that completely dry. Mm-hmm. Dry to the point that you can rub your hand across and nothing's going to smudge. You know, that it needs to be completely dry. Yeah. Even to the point where you can lightly maybe even hand sand it, you know, lightly tack it. Just make sure it's completely smooth. So once you spray that clear, there aren't, you know, uh, variations in the leveling of the paint itself. It's completely stable. It's completely leveled out. And it, you get that glass finish on the top. Uh, if not, you know you can go ahead and try to spray everything the same day. You're just not going to get a nice consistent finish at all. It doesn't yeah. matter how many how much cl- coats of clear you throw on there. It's not going to come out consistent. The,
0: the only time you can kind of get away with that is if you get something like it has to be uh, a
1: very light speck cappuccino. Yeah, or a very light. Bar. Like it's almost it's almost like you're just spraying a uh, you're spraying you know your standard primer coat and then you're spraying a, you know a very light mist over it and then you know you're aiding drying time obviously with your compressor and stuff like that to accelerate the process Mm -hmm. yeah but most of the time you know if if, especially if you're not experienced in this field you want to just give yourself the time to do it right because if not you know you're going to minimize mistakes and and if not you're gonna have to come back and fix it anyway so yeah might as well do it right the first time
0: so um well yeah what else were we talking about (laughs) Hmm. looking at something here Oh, well. Customer uh, questions? Yeah, we're going to do that. Um, I figured I would... (laughs) Let's see if we can get that on the... Bobby. uh, Yeah, he put a little raise hat on him. But anyway, um, yeah, I I figured I'd kind of throw one in there also that I get um, a lot. Um, So a lot of people always ask me, um, like about the grout lines in the tile um because i do put it like a disclaimer about that in there so people always ask questions about you know the grout line of the tile or like why after giving it three coats is they're not covering certain parts of the grout line so since you were on the field kind of explain to people why that happens well. sometimes
1: Most of the time it's because there's no grout there. (laughs) It's it's just a gap. (laughs) So the thing about it is um, no matter how much material you can spray on a spot, if there's no structure behind it, it's not going to just fill it in. Um, That being said, you know, the best thing to do if you are having grout issues is to just get it grouted before you even get it refinished so that way everything is sealed properly. But, you know, if you don't do that and you decide to get it refinished first, um, if you go with a company who applies it properly and gives you a good durable finish, there shouldn't be any reason you can't get it grouted afterward. Yep. Um, that being said, we do, when we spray a tub enclosure, tub uh, with three walls of tile, um, we always seal, the, you know, we always remove old caulking, and we always seal the main edges where the walls meet and where they meet the tub, just to make sure that directly around the tub is a complete you know watertight seal that's very important because water gets back there and it causes issues while you're spraying you don't never want that obviously so you won't it, usually either but typically after the primer um I like to go in there after I tack and then I'll seal all the edges with the adhesive base caulk you don't want to use the siliconized caulk anything like that because it will repel the paint once you start spraying the top coat want to use an adhesive base caulk make sure you seal all those main edges at that time, you know, if you want to, you can try to fill in those little gaps, those tiny little craters, those little holes that are in individual grout lines and tiles, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But it's not it's not the best way to do it. It's more of a cosmetic fix. It's not it's even not, the right way to yeah, do it's, it. Yeah, it's it's not it's not the right way to do it at all. It's it's, it's a cosmetic fix. It's exactly yeah. that. You know, you're you're gonna fill it in, but at the end of the day that is gonna contract and more than likely it might it might surface again or, you know, it's, you're just, you're covering up an issue more than fixing it. Right.
0: Yeah. So I have a disclaimer that I send to people and I'm going to read it here just because I feel like people who do this type of work have this problem a lot. And, uh, I've actually talked to a couple of people, and this is exactly what I write. I, you know, give people the quote, I break down the process, but I put this in there. It says, if doing tile, when we do tile, if there's missing grout or gaps in the existing grout, we will try to cover it with caulking, but we don't grout, and it's something that will have to be attended to before or after service. Uh, service. It looks like faint black cracks in between the, the tiles. Some white grout usually does the trick and is a painless DIY. Now, that's more for people who have small, you know, two or three yeah. areas of, of grout, and I usually tell people that if it's really, really bad, like, you're going to want to regret it before. If it's a couple of cracks here and there, it's best, I, in my opinion, like, if they get white grout, that's the exception, right? It has to be that they want the tiles white. Because once you spray the top coat, everything kind of amplifies a little bit. You can kind of see them better, and that way you can go with the white grout. And you've used it before at a customer's house. It's a little different than the caulking because it just – it's like thicker, mm-hmm. and it really sticks on there really, really well, and yeah, it blends right in. And it's right actual in. grout, and too. it's actual grout,
1: so it's not just a little sealant to avoid water getting in there. You know? It's yeah, I mean, you would be
0: you would be surprised by the amount of people who think that caulking is grout. you think it's the same thing. A lot of people, I arguing with them on the phone, and like it's not that I want to, but it's like they don't understand that. Yeah, and isn't.
1: you know, the thing I said about you being able to get it grouted after, um, like. Like you mentioned, it's more if, if it's a minor thing. If it's something that, you know, it's structure or it's compromising the structural integrity of the tile. Yeah. Get it done before. Because if a you know a painter goes in there to, to use, you know, his his compressor to blow something out and that air pressure alone can start knocking tiles off the walls. Yeah, yeah. Uh a lot of times water gets stuck back there and it will lead to rust behind your tub or you know, so you wanna be careful and, and it'll rot the, the backboard and stuff. So you want you wanna be very careful.
0: Yeah, and also that's yeah that, uh, exactly what he said. Sometimes, sometimes if the tile is too bad, you might want to just walk away from it because yeah. the problem is that, some, like I said, some people, and you've encountered it, I know, because I've been on the other end of the phone with these people, uh, where they have all the tile being held up by silicone mm-hmm. or caulking. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you start taking the caulking off, the tile starts to come loose. Yep. And the problem with that is obviously... Uh, tiles i mean we we don't we are not tile installation people so the best we could do is put it up there with bondo or caulking and it's it's not really our
1: job and even then it's you're you're literally opening a can of fucking worms because the moment you start messing with stuff yeah or the moment that that rotted backboard (laughs) the backing board like starts you know crumbling and disintegrating and those tiles start falling off they're gonna break it's it's like inevitable at that point they're gonna start breaking and you're gonna try to you know piece them together and you're gonna try to patch them up but you're just making a bigger problem so the Mm -hmm. best thing to do is if you do notice like i like to just start tapping around all the tiles you know Mm -hmm. and literally just if i start seeing loose tiles if you have to absolutely get the job done and you you know the customer can't afford uh you know you know, tile restructuring or anything like explain that. Explain it to them. Yeah. Explain it to them. Be completely transparent. Cause all that's going to do is make you and your company look better because you're being honest from the gate and you know, it's going to avoid them expecting a better job than what you can actually deliver because you know, obviously the job itself is already compromised. So if, if worst case scenario and they, they really can't get it done, you know, just be very cautious around those areas where there are loose tiles, um, the paint, once it dries, it will, will help seal it a little bit, but, you know, it's going to be a cosmetic thing. Those, aren't, those tiles aren't going to be structurally sound. And if you start tapping and you start, you know, seeing those loose tiles, you need to let them know that there's an issue going on back behind the tiles. And
0: yeah, stuff, and, and another thing is if they already know about the tile issues and they're unwilling to, like, address it mm-hmm. sometimes, even though it hurts and you need the money, Better to walk away because those are people that will give you problems later on yep uh, it's yep. happened plenty of times I had and if you know and no. if
1: you are in the position to uh, you know either do pricing yourself or to you know let your dispatch team let them know the issue what the, the exactly the issue that you' that you've encountered and let them you know adjust accordingly if it's going to be a lot more labor intensive add that to the invoice you know add that to the to the final price because it's something that like I said, it's a can of worms. And the more you get into it, the kind of deeper you're into it. And if you don't finish the job, you can end up damaging their bathroom a lot worse than when you got there, you know.
0: Yeah, and that kind you of goes into a, another thing, which is this is kind of like an unplanned route that we're taking now. <laughs> but That's fine. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, but um it kind of goes into like what we talked about in the first episode w- w- that we did together where we were talking about like doing things that's, like, you know, that's not in your realm of expertise and how it becomes your problem. Mm-hmm. So, like, like we, we had that example with that guy, uh, Mr. Swervey Swerve into the driveway and stuff. Uh, you know, this guy wanted Alex to move stuff out of the bathroom and stuff, but the moment you start touching stuff that's not your jurisdiction, that you're not legally allowed to touch, you break it, and guess what? Now it's your fault. Like mm-hmm. And, you know, your reputation's on the line. So when you're at these places... Doing anything, uh always make sure that like you know you're doing the right thing, like the stuff that you're there to do. Exactly, and it's not that,
1: that that was my logic. Always going behind it as a technician, you know, going to jobs
0: myself. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck <laughs> Yeah, I touched up my ass. Sorry, but uh,
1: you know, if it's not on the invoice, I always question it, right? So if the customer, if I get there and the customer starts throwing stuff at me. I always question it, you know, mm-hmm. always ask why and if I don't see it on the invoice, I call the, I call the office, call, you know, whoever it is, let them know that everybody's on the same page before I'd even start, mm-hmm. you know, so make sure that the, that the work order is signed, you know, make sure I have my copy and make sure they agree to the pricing, make sure that they see exactly what I'm going to do. So there's no, there's no questions later on. You know, there's, there's full disclosure, 100% transparency. They have no excuses later on.
0: Yeah, and your terms are really, really important when it comes to this sort of thing. Like, like it doesn't have to be a whole page of paper, but have something in there that's clear, concise, and gets to the point when they sign. We put pay, uh, payment due in full upon completion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, uh, you know, authorizing the work and for us to be on the property. Because like I said in the last podcast, Sometimes, you know, people will see people who are black or something and they'll fucking think they're trying to break in because they're working at the house. So, like, you got to make sure that the signature has, like, I'm allowed to be at this house and, like, you know, like, authorize the work on this property, payment and full upon completion so they don't come later. Yeah. I mean, that, to, that
1: another thing is, too, like, you want to have your team usually, you know, uniform, right? So yeah. yeah. You you so you want your guys to look professional. Well, it,
0: it's even happened. Other times, but those are specific, special type of people that we don't want to talk about. But
1: yeah, but you know, like most of the time, of 10 times, you know, especially if people are expecting somebody to be there, like they're not. Gonna well, no, I'm talking it, about you know like me.
0: neighbors and shit like that. Yeah, that's that's true yeah, too. Because especially
1: uh, if vacant homes, like people start asking questions around the neighborhood. Well, here,
0: here's here's like an example. Is like last week, Ralph, who is you know black, he he had to go to a house and. uh he was telling me, he called me like, hey, you know, the lockbox is on the other side of the house. The only way for me to get to it is jump the fence. I called the person, made sure it was cool with them because it was a rental. And the neighbor saw him jumping the fence. And then obviously they start, you know, asking a lot of questions going over there. And, you know, they, they literally were like, oh, we we're going to call the cops if you didn't, you know, show the paper. Like, you know, saying that you were, you were there to work. So they'll see someone in uniform and they'll still be like, yeah. you know, what the heck are you doing? Yeah, that's uh, true too. But uh, I mean, yeah, that's I, think a very, of, I think one. I think one of a the very ba- specific situations. Yeah, yeah. I th- well, it, it can happen. Yeah,
1: it can It can happen. It can happen to anybody too. Yeah. You so
0: it, it, it's not even just you know in that specific scenario. Anytime that you're working in a place, you want to make sure you have something signed that says you're allowed to be there because the last thing you want is you know, God forbid, you're working with someone with dementia or something that's calling in a service. They go there and they don't even know who the fuck you are like yeah, later or and you're then already in their house yeah and it, then
1: later on that they don't know they call
0: want. the cops on you or something you don't have anything signed saying you're or supposed to be a there a yeah so well that, that's that, you're kind of <laughs> fucked at that point right yeah i mean at that point you're you're screwed but you know so so yeah so i i, I think uh you know those are like baseline questions that we got all the time and i feel like those are pretty good answers. And, uh, you know, so if you guys have any more questions, like I said, we're doing a Q and a, you could submit the questions on, uh, I mean you can text them to me if you'd like, three, two, one, four, four, three, one, six, four, one. That's the company phone number. Uh, you could also, uh, on Instagram, on um, at bathtub guys on Instagram, Facebook, if you want, either one is fine, but you know, more questions will, we'll answer them to the best of our ability. And, Sometimes we'll we'll do them here, but we I, I wanna really do like a Q and A kind of thing. Maybe like yeah. a live stream type of thing. That'd be cool. Yeah,
1: live would probably be best. Yeah.
0: So we've gone to that part of the show that I I wanted to do with, with Alex specifically because he did this, you know, for eight years or nine years. Or so was it eight? It's not like that. Too long. Too long. We do not even know the number anymore. But anyway it's eight, yeah. Yeah, eight. So so uh Last week when I did the podcast I kind of did this thing where I read some competitors reviews and uh oh man and so <laughs> you know that was a little bit it was rough around the edges I didn't mean I wanted my genuine reaction so I was live on like the Google business link reading reviews and Semi might have exposed the guy, but the guy is kind of a trash man and might have deserved it. I don't know. He, oh, he, man. I mean, he was cursing out customers on the page. Like, oh, he was, really? He was calling. I mean, the lady left a three-star review with no t- context, and he's just like, this is just another loser. Like, this lady's a loser, and I bet when she goes home to her husband, he doesn't even tolerate her, and I'm just like, whoa, man. Jesus. All All of the responses were like that. So. <laughs> Why is he so angry? Oh, yeah. No, no. And then, you know, oh, every single time someone called for a warranty, he's in the hospital. So that's fun, you know. So he was one of those guys, you know. But this week, I'm going to go a little bit more controlled, not exposing anybody. I vetted these, double, triple looked them. Uh, And so we'll get his reaction, my reaction. I'll read them. I'm gonna put them up on the big screen and then you guys are gonna have a different screen. So just bear with me for a second while I get this thing ready. All right.
1: Oh man, this is gonna be interesting.
0: So, I'm gonna go ahead and open that and then you guys are gonna see this. All right, so everything's on screen, just making sure. So, this is the first one, let me move my cursor over here, the mouse, Um, the first one of the reviews, and uh, we're going to go ahead and read it. So, it says, I will never do business with blank. I have been sending blank referrals for 11 years, and now I feel guilty for doing so since I'm sure he has given my referrals similar runaround. I hired blank to do three tubs in one week in different properties we own. He broke our shower door in the first property. Then he refused to replace it. He said it exploded in his hands and was not, and was not his fault. We had just we had we we had just had the place painted 2 days before, so it was pretty easy to spot the corner-shaped gouge in the wall where he ran the shower door into. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was that when removing it, plus he did a pretty rough job on the tub. In another property, we paid him extra to strip the tub completely before applying the new finish. We were very specific that the former owner had used a home refinishing kit and wanted it completely stripped. When he arrived on the site, he thought he could get away with a partial strip. Uh, we said no, and we uh, we paid for the full strip. Then he only stripped the bottom of the tub, of course. The sides, which he didn't strip, started bubbling and peeling within uh, weeks he, ha- uh, he has been out th- uh, there two additional times and each time has promised to do a full strip on the tub um, a- as we originally requested and uh, they just keep having other issues pop up within days or weeks he has since stopped responding to calls and texts so I have been forced to hire another refinishing company and pay a second, pay a second time to get this job done properly terrible is what they wrote so who the hell is this guy all right so what one thing one yeah you see this this is a fun segment to do because it's this just guy, different from this the this guy's
1: hilarious all right let me tell you something all
0: right i've had glass shower doors explode
1: in my hand and we
0: talked about this love they why don't I to get on the
1: they head. do not ex- just explode in your hand you have to stress the glass and, it, and depending on how thick the glass is, you have to stress it a lot. So, yeah. the fact that he <laughs> bashed it into a corner and claimed that it just exploded in his hand is hilarious. He he's like, oh, it yeah. It just doesn't add up. Yeah. He's contradicting himself, but that's great.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, but the thing that I did want to touch <laughs> on is see, this is important for people because, like we talked about in the last one we did. Like not doing things you're not supposed to do, and how that one time with the glass door, you yeah, did. Yeah, we,
1: we definitely learned our lesson in that situation. And but that's but why you don't do it. We also owned up to it uh-huh. the moment it happened. We owned up to it, and we paid. We lost money on that job. Mm-hmm. The tub was two seventy five at that time. That's what we were pricing, and the glass door came out to like two eighty five. So we ended up losing money. Losing money, you know. So
0: yeah, but it, it just goes back to the importance of doing things. Do what you know. Do what you know, because, like, look at this guy. He
1: could have avoided a whole situation just by telling him, "Oh, I can't remove the." Also,
0: another thing that really pisses me (laughs) off as, like, if you're gonna go back, do it right. Yeah, and if you why make more work for yourself down the line. And and if if you if you're gonna go back a second time after you already went back once, like you did the job, you went something came up, then the third time you gotta be eagle eye in that shit make sure nothing happens if yep. not just give the people their money back if it's not possible after that yeah because what you're doing is you're not only wasting
1: bad. your time yep you're making yourself look bad you're wasting their time and you're costing yourself more money wasting material wasting your time your labor all of that yeah and, Gas it, and the, it, like, if, Jesus. if you
0: really can't do it just don't do it yep if it's not coming out it's like the lady with that countertop that we talked about in the last episode. Yep. The pink kept projecting the surface. We went back 3 times. After that, we just had to call it. We didn't charge her, we couldn't.
1: And you know, we were, you know, we were completely transparent throughout the entire process. We kept her updated step exactly. by step, and she appreciated that. And yep. that's another reason why like she was still completely happy wrote a the, five-star review yep, even after all exactly and she was she was a great customer you she know. tipped
0: you as well like, yeah
1: even even when we came back to tell her we couldn't do anything she still tipped us that's how that's how grateful she was th- to just like have that honesty from us well you know? that's
0: the difference between professionalism and these fly-by-night guys that try to just pull a fast one on people or you know like this like obviously he didn't know what the fuck he was doing broke the, the shower glass door and instead of just owning up to it he feels like he got to be secretive about it
1: yeah, and the fact that you're charging someone additional for stripping, and then you're just trying to partially sand the tub—that's that's, that's not good. No, and if we partially strip making, something, you're we setting tell yourself people. up to make yourself look terrible down the line. Because obviously, especially you know, they mentioned it's a Home Depot kit, which is a very cheap material. It doesn't even have like a proper primer on it. Yep. That stuff flakes off with your fingernail. So you know, you use any type of industrials industrial uh quality paint on that surface it's gonna lift it itself you know the yeah. catalyst is enough is a- enough alone to melt off that paint yeah so you got to be really careful because at that point he might have like he would have just made it easier on himself to just if, strip it. it exactly he could have took razor blades and just stripped that shit down yeah. And he would have avoided all of this. Well, I don't know about the glass door thing, but.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, he, the, the <laughs> issue. Door. That's the, great. The issue I see was him starting with that. But really, you know, when you're it's doing blurry. it, if you're telling someone it needs to be fully stripped, uh, you know, you got to when you say words like fully strip, fully strip it. Yep. You know, if you want
1: to. That's, that's literally false advertising. If
0: you're not sure what needs to be done, then just tell them it needs to be stripped. And I don't know. If it's a partial or whatever, and this is the flat rate for stripping period. Which is kind of what we do. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can't tell. But if it's a Home Depot kit and we see that it's coming off with your nail like that, I mean we pull the razor blade down and just get it off. Yep. It's easier. You risk uh you don't risk contamination. So that was a fun one. <laughs> that guy.
1: That guy's great. I wonder where he's at now. He's still oh. in business? Uh yeah,
0: actually. He and, and, well, you know, what's funny about this guy is that he has, like, 128 reviews, a three-star rating, and people just keep giving him business. I I, I mean, I, at some point, like, it starts to, like, at some point it starts to, like, veer off to, like, it's the customer's fault for not doing that yeah, research. Yeah, like,
1: it's not even the research. It's, like, that's probably, like, the type of... Granted, quali- this like,
0: is an old one. This is a five-year-old one. But, you know, there are yeah, ones that are more... I mean,
1: it might just be that... The image that he portrays his company as, you know, like maybe he advertises as a cheap company that will just make it look decent for cheap, you know, and then people aren't expecting much to begin with, you know? Yeah. I don't know.
0: Perhaps. Yeah, but I mean, if you're not expecting much, marketing himself if, if you're anything. not expecting much, well, then you can't fault the guy for, you know, oh, I'm going to do something. Yeah, that but there's a, a the difference
1: the- between you're not sure if the tub is going to come out a little rough or not but destroying like you know your actual property and claiming that you it's not his fault like that
0: it's just it's just me personally like <laughs> that's hilarious i feel like <laughs> like that's not my fault if i want a fucking good pizza i'm reading reviews yeah that's so true. like something that's a couple hundred bucks it's like
1: yeah especially something in your own home you're literally investing in a project a renovation project that that you want to make sure you're going to hire somebody who's going to do it right. Exactly. Even if it's You're cheap, already spending the money. Like, and right. if you have to save up and get a couple hundred more dollars to get it from a company with a, you know, a good reputation.
0: It's going to save not, you the glass door cost. It's
1: not going to. Yeah. <laughs> the glass door cost. Yeah.
0: I like that. And the little hole in the wall, that too. That should be
1: a new uh, terminology in this All industry. Right. So
0: this is from uh, someone named Sue. I'm going to pull it up so I can read it on my end. Stay Sue. There you go. All right. So, Sue. it says professionalism this, quality. Oh, yeah. Five months ago. So this one's recent. This is not the same company as someone else. It's probably in a different state, too. Because th- today I got, you know, I went all over the place. Uh, so, it says, This is the second time I have had blank refinish my two bathrooms, uh, my two bathroom sinks, and bathtub. Each time the finish eventually chips and peels off. The first time the owner came out and fixed the issues, this time he was rude and said that the five-year guarantee only covered peeling. I threatened to give him a bad review, and he came back with, well, I didn't say I wouldn't fix it. He came to the house and rudely said, well, do you want me to fix it or not? Then he proceeded to spray another coat on one sink. He did the work and then left my house without saying a word, slamming the door as he left.
1: Wow. Yeah, um, this just seems like a, a situation where the guy was not happy to even go back and uh, he was just being, you know, pretty belligerent. Yeah, not I wouldn't say he's being belligerent, but he was being kind of snarky giving her an attitude. And it was just very unprofessional to not only like leave like that and just not communicate with your customer. Yeah but to just kind of do a half-assed job in general and then give her attitude on top of
0: that. So uh, one thing that I see here that's really important that might help people listening is if, if your guarantee only covers peeling, make sure they know that beforehand. Don't come out after things are going wrong and say, well, the warranty only covers this. And like... You know, do, so do these
1: companies do they actually have a written warranty or do they just like they is probably it a word of mouth? Type they probably of thing? are like, yep,
0: it's good for five years. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what I'm that's, that's the extent of it. Well, because we have a very very clear concise written warranty. There's a lot of things, a lot of caveats in there because there there has to be because there's only a couple of ways that this material doesn't adhere properly, um, and really really does fail. So uh, if it only covers peeling, well then you gotta make sure you know. You gotta make sure that you express that to them, and if it only covers peeling and does not cover your workmanship, and you're you're Mr. Fucking Ruffy McGee out there, uh, and everything's coming out super rough and coarse, well then, just think about the jobs you're gonna be landing. The thing is, too, You're gonna be landing like, many jobs like that. That's
1: such a vague statement, right? Because. Like peeling can be caused by a Anything. number of different factors. It yep. could be, yeah, it could be poor prep. It could from be from a chip becoming. It could peeling. be a chip. It could be, yeah, exactly. Like even you know, there's a little scratch on the surface. Too much humidity in the bathroom can cause peeling, it can be a number of different factors. It could be the customer's fault, you know, but you're leaving it. You're leaving them open to question your your workmanship at the end of the day. And you're kind of screwing yourself over when you're when you're not, you know, using specific terminology, telling them, all right, it covers peeling if it's caused by this, if it's caused by this. And these are the indicators for that, you know. And that's an easy way to avoid, like, you're kind of setting yourself up for disaster and for them to to question your work at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also... No matter how good it
1: comes out. Honestly. Yeah,
0: but when you're paying for something like this, you see, I, I want to give both sides just to be fair because I'm sure people if you're in the refinishing industry, you will encounter something like this or customers. And the important thing is communication at the end of the day, but it's also partially the responsibility of, like if you as a contractor are not putting everything out there, that's a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. But... If you as the client aren't doing your due diligence and making sure you know the fucking warranty before, yeah. Don't go and complain about the terms after.
1: Yeah, or just researching the company yeah. in general. Yeah. If they're not um, reputable and you know they are you already see that they don't have like good reviews and most people, especially if it's recent reviews and stuff like that, most people aren't satisfied with the quality. Why even take the chance on these person? Like, what, what makes you think that they're screwing over 50 people and the 51st person, they're going to do a good job? Well, they're know?
0: probably not reading them. Or either that or word of mouth. But even, like, I don't think I've ever used anything word of mouth that's been good. Like, I, every, yeah. I don't um, know. People, you know,
1: like, word of mouth does go a long way if you have the quality well, to back it up. yeah. But, you yeah, know, you
0: still have to do research. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, that's the, the
1: thing, because yeah, you know? at the end of the day, somebody gives them, you know, somebody gives their neighbor a card, you know, gives them your card. More than likely, they're not just going to call you because they saw like it looks nice. They're going to look up your website and they're going to see what you offer. They're going to see, you know, where you're located or what the reviews in general, you know. So, I mean, I know that's what I do. Shit, I mean, I look at fast food places and I'm going down the street to get a bite. You know what I mean? like
0: Exactly. That's what I said about the pizza. Like, man, I read reviews for any, anything, even, even something small like yeah. that. So. If I go
1: to a restaurant, like, I'm not going to go to a restaurant where everybody just Hates how the food comes out half cold. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to go to a restaurant like that.
0: Yeah. Well, and the thing is, and I get the expectation from the person is like, oh, these people are professionals because they say they're professionals. And that's what I was going off of. But like anybody could say anything online. That's the there's it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, you can find good people so much easier because reviews are so readily available. Yeah. But if you don't do your research and you don't actually do actual research, you can get fucked over. So, all right. So, we're going to go to the third one. We got four. So, uh, all right, this is a good one. I'm going to cut to that right now. All right. This is from Kelly. Two years ago, is she was the same guy? People. No, those are different Okay. Company. They're all different. Scattered okay. around. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to get different takes in there. Right. It says I had him come out to fix one small crack in my tub. Less than four weeks later, the tub now has two cracks. In the patch he did. I feel like you could push with your finger through the repair. I called him and reported the issue. He stated it should not do that. (laughs) I just, it shouldn't do that. It Uh, it really shouldn't. Yeah, well, it shouldn't. Yeah. Like, uh, come on, bro. All right. So, yeah, it shouldn't do that. Now my calls to go to voicemail and he will not return my text if you try to find the address for his place of business. The address is fake. I you know, she put an address there. I didn't want you guys to go look and roast this guy. But I, but anyway, the address is fake. But the bright shiny brand uh brand truck was not. I, I think she meant brand new truck was not, which means you know, she's kinda alluding to like she's ripping he's ripping people off and he's mm-hmm. driving around like a nice new truck or something mm-hmm. like that. So what do you think about about this guy here. Uh, honestly,
1: I'm sad to say that this is not very uncommon. Like, there's a lot of people who would just do shoddy work. They'll make that quick buck, and they will block your number and hope they never got to hear from you again.
0: You know what I mean? Especially with fiberglass, which is such a – and we tell people anytime it's fiberglass, anytime. It doesn't matter if it's a hotel. It doesn't matter what it is. Fiberglass is very tricky, and it's hard to warranty it. And so if it's something that, like we go over there and it's really brittle and it's going to crack somewhere else, we tell people, this is a temporary fix you might want to think about replacing. Yep. So.
1: Yeah. The way those fiberglass tubs are made, too, it's it's literally a sheet of fiberglass heated in the oven to, like, 500 degrees, and then they use a vacuum to suck it through a mold, and it gets all the shape. So it's super thin. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter, like, how expensive the tub is most of the time it's super thin fiberglass
0: so um, a mistake that i'm assuming happened here though because it did crack somewhere else you know four weeks later i'm assuming he didn't drill holes to break the tension yeah it's probably yeah. most likely what it yeah,
1: was not only that he most likely he, he just did a crappy little uh, body job. fill patch over the top of it without actually uh dremeling out you know any little valleys and crevices for that bondo to actually grip onto like yeah. stitches and,
0: and it might be shitty work it might be and another thing that
1: could have helped is to just drill a hole all the way through use some fucking great great stuff expanding foam down there yep and make it structurally sound so when somebody does does put some pressure on the top the weight is going directly onto the foam the foam is handling all of that pressure it's not giving it support exactly it's not you know all the tension isn't directly on the the top surface there where the Yeah, the floor.
0: if you see she said that she feels like you could push it through with a finger. So yeah. I mean Yeah. that means he there's nothing
1: the yeah, there's nothing underneath there actually supporting
0: that. Yeah, so uh, uh,
1: this is just a good example of somebody doing shitty work and mm-hmm. then not not being responsible enough to actually come and you know own up to it and, yeah. use it and take take the loss because they they did the shitty work. Out of
0: all the ones I have here, I think this is the only one that like maybe can we can see like, you know, maybe he's not necessarily the shittiest guy in town, but you know, cuz look, fiberglass sucks. It really does suck. Yeah, but there's still but,
1: ways to make it better Exactly.
0: Than or to make it right with the customer. Yeah. That like you don't you don't just not answer.
1: You at least try.
0: Exactly. And, and you don't, tell them, don't
1: like, answer the phone. Go out of your way to, to make her clear up her calendar and her schedule for you to then be a coward the day of and just not show up. And completely have her blocked. Like, that's, that's pussy shit.
0: And if, you, and if you tell a customer that you can warranty something or it still comes with the warranty and you don't tell them, the, you know, what's actually covered by the warranty and then it cracks open... Yeah. Well, then that's your responsibility, and you should give them the money back if you can't fix it. Yep. Like, if, you, if you're
1: if you claiming to have any type of warranty guarantee on your work, you need to have the terms and conditions with that. That would
0: have saved his ass here. Yeah. If he, if and he that's clearly, with anything. Yeah. Shit, you,
1: you fucking you get a phone, and you need to agree to the terms and conditions before you can even use that shit. I had an you know instance. I
0: mean? Most people don't even read it
1: either. I had an instance this week,
0: read. actually, where a uh, lady that we did a type enclosure for there was no support underneath, obviously, because they, they're supposed to put mortar underneath it when they build houses, but they cheap out and they don't do it. Eventually, there's, no, you know, there's a lot of give and it cracks. So we did the tub enclosure about two years ago. She called me because it was cracking. And I was like, well, like cracking the paint or like the, you know, the actual? She's like, oh, no, it's actually cracking. And I'm like, well, you know, on your warranty, it says. And she didn't get upset. In fact, she paid for us to go out and repair the crack again because it's a rental property. And replacing it is going to cost her thousands. Yeah. So, not only
1: that, rental units suck and most yeah. of the time tenants don't take care of shit. So,
0: but yeah. But the the, the point <laughs> I'm trying to give people who might be doing this is like, don't not do fiberglass, but being honest about the expectations yep. and worst case scenario, you might make extra money off of it from being honest yeah. because I guarantee you there's some jackass out there that's probably paid him beer. Like we're <laughs> we talked about that one time who's probably like, oh yeah, I'll warranty it for 10 years or five years or whatever the heck. And And nothing's ever going to happen, and then you get one of these. When if you're honest Mm -hmm. from the beginning and you tell them that you can't warranty it, and for the reasons why you can't warranty it, then they're more likely to be like, okay, well at least I could trust this person because, you know, for a lot of people that would be a turnoff. That would be, I mean, you know, it it would break the deal. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can't warranty it. Well, you know, I'm not going to do it. You know, if the person still wanted to do it even after you're not, you know, warrantying it, it's because they probably just don't want to spend the money. Mm -hmm. So they'll throw you an extra 100 bucks to make it look nice for the next tenant, and that's it. Be done with it. Make extra money off of it. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to go. That was a fun one. This
1: one could have definitely just been avoided or the guy just, you know, telling her the extent of the damage and that, you know, it was past the limit of his capabilities, and that's all he had to say.
0: So here's a picture. This is not the same tub, but this is kind of like what I was talking about What we encountered. So, Typically, what we would do on this, um, you know, what, what, so, so like kind of break down what your procedure would be on something like this.
1: The first thing you would want to do, that's you know, it's just dirty on the side. Yeah. yeah, with that main crack, since it's shaped almost like an H, uh, what you would want to do, the first thing you want to do is to stop that crack. So you want to take a drill and you want to drill out all the ends of each of those cracks so you want to stop it on all the points where that crack is either ending or where there's like sharp turns anywhere where there could be pressure on the fiberglass in specific points um it's easy to see or even feel you can it's all you want to do is to stop it so that the crack doesn't extend any further when there is more pressure on top so after doing that then you usually get a dremel tool and I'll uh I'll level everything out and uh obviously so, when things crack they you know they they don't they're not completely level some pieces of the floor will be higher than the others what you're doing is you're creating a canal in between all the cracks you're almost widening the crack itself um you're creating like a little valley like this for the mm-hmm. bondo to sit into you know your body fill to actually sit into and uh after you do that you know obviously you want to give it a light sanding over the top i would inject you know a ton of foam down there to the point that it's, you know, coming out through the holes, coming out through the cracks. Cause you want that to be completely, you know, backed by something so structurally you would, sound. You
0: would do screw holes to break tension.
1: Yeah, I drill 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 holes and then to break through tension those on same the ends. Holes and then shooting. dremel it out. Okay. And then yeah, I dremel it out first just because, you know, that that foam if it's really a a bitch to deal with once it starts getting tacky. <laughs> Before it dries, um, once it's dry, it's not too bad to work with, mm-hmm. but that's why I like to do all like the mechanical shit first. So I drill out the, drill out the, you know, the main points of tension. Make sure those cracks are stopped. I dremel it out, create that valley for the bondo to sit in. Then I inject the foam. Once the foam is completely set, it's completely dry. You know, you can you can slam your fucking hand on that crack and it should not budge. Like yeah. that's how that should get cement rock hard. So and you
0: shouldn't hear creaking in that part. Now, in other parts of it, you might hear it and stuff, but if that's not the area you're working on, we're talking if you're just doing the repair here. This is yeah. this is your only f- mission that day. Yeah, and, and a, can can or, area,
1: like, a can or two of that foam... Should you expand. Can, you can easily width. fill the whole bottom of that yeah. tub. So.
0: But keep in mind, even with all the proper precaution, even with uh, you know doing everything like he said, there are still times where the fiberglass is just brittle from years of ill maintenance and sometimes it's, they're just old and they'll still crack. Yeah. So like we used to do a property in Hain City called Greenleaf. That's from like the seventies. And, uh, we had, well, there was, it was a big lady and I can say that cause I'm a big guy. <laughs> it was a, there was a big lady and she would crack the tub very often. Mm-hmm. And eventually the only fix became getting that liquid tub liner stuff, which, you know, goes on really, really thick and it's poured on and we had to pour it on the floor of the tub and let it dry for a week before she could use it. Never cracked again, thank God. But, like, sometimes at that point, and we had already recommended them to replace that thing like twenty times. Mm-hmm. They just are cheap, and that's part of the reason why we don't work there no more. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, so after you have you know some structure on the floor, something you know a, a good solid base. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where we usually uh, cut out a fiberglass sheet. And um, I like to use some of the Bondo glass itself that has fiberglass Fibers. in itself. Yeah, so I like to uh, mix a little bit of that, put a thin layer over the actual crack, and then lay the sheet over that. And then cover it with more of the bondo glass.
0: Yeah, so that way and you're creating something for it to stick to. Yeah, and you're, then you're yeah
1: you're creating those. It's all it's like layers of adhesion, just like you know the paint prep, right? Um, you don't want to just put bondo on a dirty surface where it's not decontaminated, it's not you know scuffed up, not etched enough for anything to grip onto, because it's just gonna peel right off. Like it's not gonna grip. So uh, that's the same reason we create those valleys with the Dremel tool. We want that material to be able to not only set in there, but to actually grip onto the fiberglass itself. So after the sheet, after those layers, it's almost like, you know, you're sandwiching a fiberglass sheet in between two blobs of Bondo. Mm-hmm. And then you want to sand it, you know, as smooth as you can get it. And then we're going to, uh, on that, we would usually use our, our second stage body fill, which is a lot finer. It doesn't have any fibers in it. Mm-hmm. And that'll allow you to get a very smooth finish on the floor. And then, you know, depending on what they're doing, you want to do anti-skid, and then you're just refinishing. If you're doing a spot repair, then, you know, you can just focus on the spot, or and then, you know, you continue the process according to however you're going to refinish it.
0: Yeah, something really important that he mentioned there, and I know a lot of people don't do because it costs more, Bondo glass use it because it actually has yeah. fiberglass in and it's, it it's
1: it's actually waterproof and that's yeah. that's a big thing especially something like this you yeah know?
0: compared to actual bondo you know like regular bondo bondo glass is waterproof and it's it actually has fibers it's a little bit more resistant and uh you know it doesn't stand as easy but that's why there's different stages if you ever read the bottles of the bondo it'll tell you what stage it's for yeah this one is for uh, repairing then there's one for finishing so you get, you know, you use that one for repairing and filling, you use another one for finishing to and get then, those fine. And then the
1: glazing and spot putty, the red putty, yeah. like I was using on the clawfoot foot tub. That's to get the very fine little NYX details and that that creates a really smooth. Finish. The
0: only other thing that you can use, um, and you still have to use a fiberglass cloth, is fiberglass resin. But the fiberglass resin is a little tricky because it's kind of like a liquidy thing it gets really sticky and stuff like that so yeah the like
1: usually putty is a lot easier to work with like the mm-hmm. consistency of it is a lot easier to work with it's it's like almost malleable but it's not And it's not super watery but it's not super thick it you know it's to, it's almost like a dough like a play-doh or whatever you want to say you know it Wherever you place it, it stays there and it holds its shape. That's very important. It doesn't run. It doesn't drip down, you know. That's
0: the tricky thing about fiberglass. Resin. Yeah, and when you get That's any of good, these body
1: right. fills, just make sure you mix them really well, especially the fiberglass one, the Bondo glass. That one, you know, the fibers like to separate from the actual, uh, like, mixture. So you want to make sure it's completely homogenous before yeah. you mix it. Before you uh, add any hardener or anything,
0: yeah, and don't put too much hardener either. Yeah, it's uh,
1: typically a ten to one ratio.
0: Yeah, t- so like you said, ten to one. So if you have, you know, you know, if you have about a foot of, let's say, lengthwise of bondo, you're gonna want to put about, you know, two inches of it would be the right stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: it it all depends on the it, volume. Yeah. And it also depends on you know, the temperature in which you're working. And if you're somewhere really hot and humid, that shit's going to dry in a matter of seconds. Yeah. So, you know, if you're somewhere where it's a lot more regulated and the temperature's controlled and it's nice and cool, it'll last you a lot longer so, you know, you can get away. Because the thing about it, um, when you add the hardener to the, to the actual uh, body fill, it, it accelerates all the cells in there and then they heat up and when they heat up like heat makes it dry a lot faster so if you're in an area where it's very humid or very hot you need to be very cautious on how much uh hardener you actually apply to the mixture because it's going to dry a lot faster yeah you know if you're somewhere where it's cool temperature you can get away with adding a little bit more hardener or you know just yeah, I would, you, can, you can get away with adding a little bit more hardener, but typically you don't want to go over 10 to 1 anyway because if you add too much hardener, it makes the Bondo retract so you could have it in a set shape. Where you think it's completely filled, and then it'll start kind of lifting on its own because it's too—it's solidifying too much, it's contracting too much.
0: Yeah, so and the bondo glass does that more than the other bondo. That's why the other bondo is for finishing. Yeah, you like gotta it's be to really fill careful. Fill in those little crevices and stuff. Yeah,
1: but ten to one is always a good good ratio. Good ratio you yeah. know, you want you don't want to see any of the distinctive colors that were originally, because the hardeners is typically red and the Bondo glass is typically like a green. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be able to clearly see either of those colors. You want to look for like almost like a brown, rusty color. You know? Yeah,
0: or like a pink if you're using the finishing, usually. That's yeah, different. yeah,
1: depending on which color the hardener now, is Now,
0: that reminds me, I did, you know, one of the people who submitted a question for the Q&A asked about uh, rust, uh, you know, what to use to, after they kill the rust, what to use to... To, as a body fell over it because she was told that Bondo <laughs> wasn't water resistant. So it's a good thing that you told me that because now I got an answer for her. Bondo yeah. glass is what you'll want to use. Yeah, there. the
1: main thing, yeah. So, main thing when you have any type of rust, especially if it's, you know, you're working on standard tub, I'm not talking about cast iron where you have the convenience where you can go get it sandblasted and get all the rust, the rust removed. Well, that's what cloth tubs. There's yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. If you're working yeah. in a standard, you know, tub, The main thing you want to do is get it down to the bare metal, right? So there's a few different ways you can do this. You can use sandpaper. You know, you can use an orbital sander like you would standard, you know, usually do in this type of process. You can use a wire brush. So you can use it on a drill or, you know, something along those lines. And you can use uh, a Dremel tool. If it's The only time I would really use a Dremel tool is if, like, a lot of times, for instance... uh, around the overflow it would be really oxidized yeah it would be completely rotted out the metals you know corroded to the point that there's you you need to basically reconstruct that whole area so instances like that where it's rust completely through all the way through the actual metal itself you want to dremel away all that contaminated metal all that you know compromised area get it down to where the point that it's solid metal and you know you should under that under that layer of porcelain you should see that black metal underneath, right? Yeah. So you want to make sure you know in t- instances like that you're using a Dremel to get all of that rust completely out. In surface an overflow rust, overflow area, overflow or drain area, that's mm-hmm. typically where it happens the most because that's where you know water. water pulls up or water stays behind the overflow. Um, <clears throat> all right, so surface rust with surface rust you can take care of it two ways: wire brush nice strong wire brush. And then, you know, I would use like a steel bristle brush, something really, really abrasive. Or you could use sandpaper and orbital sander. Orbital sander is typically for more like, you know, really light surface rust, stuff like that. Uh, Something that's going into the surface a little bit more, you can get away with using the wire brush. That's just going to clean it out, literally give it that brush metal look. And it's going to allow you when you also when you're using a wire brush or sander or Dremel, you're simultaneously as you're getting rid of that rust you're prepping the surface you're etching the surface for that that bonder to to sit on yeah you know, the bond is going to sit on it a lot better. Yeah. so um you don't want to typically you don't want to just put bondo glass directly on a metal surface you can like you can because it's gonna it's gonna adhere properly because it's bare metal and you've already created an etch by mm-hmm. you know with the mechanical, whichever way you've created the mechanical edge. Um, you can. Typically, out just to be safe, I like to apply the rust inhibitor. And then on top of that, I like to apply the Bondo. Just because, you know, you avoid any, any rust coming from back on. And from that part, yeah. From I'm that part. And then the, the Bondo, you can, you can always sand, sand, lightly sand the rust inhibitor. It dries really fast. You can always lightly sand it and then create more of an edge on that surface for the Bondo to adhere to. Um, like I say, that's not necessarily like required all the time. You can go ahead and once you get that, that rust off, make sure it's completely decontaminated. That's another thing, too. With rust, there's always dust. So you want to make sure you wipe it down with some alcohol. Make sure there's no residual dust, no residual rust particles on there because it will repel any body fill you try to put on there. Now, if you're going to be applying something directly to bare metal, like you know, if you're going to be using a body fill... Or, you know, yeah, any, anything that's rusted out where you need to use a body fill and you want it to be water resistant, it needs to be Bondo glass. You can't use like a standard putty. You can't use a standard body fill just because they're not water resistant at all. And they don't actually have fibers to to kind of nest together when they solidify to make it completely waterproof.
0: And, and tell people what fiberglass uh, Bondo glass is used for a lot of the time
1: for marine grade repairing <laughs> like boat boats, fixtures. Yeah, boat. that's literally what it is. So, it's
0: boat body work. They use Bondo
1: glass. Yep, that's exactly what they use for it. And They have it literally on, on the cans. Yep, <laughs> they
0: got the little picture of the boat next to the car. Yeah. It's good for both, but for water <laughs> especially, Bondo glass is your best Yeah, kit. if
1: you need to make sure that there's not going to be any water getting through, um, use Bondo glass. We use it for, uh, you know, when we do our jacuzzi conversions and we seal jets completely, we... We put a a backboard, you know, we put a piece of board back there, and then we uh, we seal it with the Bondo glass, and then we put a layer of our finishing Bondo over that. But it makes it completely waterproof. And those tubs, you know, like each of those jets have, like, what, 100 pounds of water pressure on each one just because, you know, you fill up a tub, it has a lot of water pressure in there. Yeah. Um, but, you know... They don't pop open. They that don't pop open strong. at all, and they don't leak. And it's a little flexible,
0: which is good, too. Yeah, it's A little flexible. Not super, but it's a little flexible, and it's good for that. So we're going to go to the last one. This is the, Well, this is uh, this is a special one. I think you're going to like this one. Why? Because it's really funny. Oh, really? It's funny, sad, but funny because it's from an from, uh, interesting character. But anyway, it says, do not use this company. Look on the Better Business Bureau first. Also, read the way he responds to poor reviews, calling customers horrible names. I wish I would have. I hired them to reglaze my tub and tile. I paid in cash. The owner acknowledged that there were drips due to humidity, and would be back the next day to fix them. Not only were the drips not not only were there drips, but complete mist areas, and they sprayed all over my brand new my brand new floor tile. He did not call or come then call or come then or to the next, what, is, what did I say? Or to the next two appointments choose, chosen by him over the next few days. So he didn't show up to the next few appointments after he made them, basically. They do not call or, re, or return contact. There is no record of this license that is listed on the receipt, and they have an F on the Better Business Bureau. All complaints, <laughs> the last few months of this exact occurrence. This is actually criminal that they are taking cash from people, boxing the job, and then dis- disappearing. I have included pictures.
1: Jesus. So see, there's people like this that just make make our entire industry look bad. This is a
0: this is a this is one instance where I could say wholeheartedly this guy is definitely 100% shitty. <laughs> yeah. Like. Like, the other people are kind of questionable. Things happen sometimes. But now nah, this guy, every review is like this. Oh, really? And his responses are gold. We saw one last week of his responses. They're great. Unfortunately, this one didn't have a response. But he goes everywhere from calling people fat and ugly to calling them losers. And it's just... Oh, man. But, well, see, here's a picture. Do they deserve it? <laughs> well, here's a picture of the tile. I don't know if you could really see it well there. But here is like white and right here that's primer coming through i don't know if you can really it doesn't transfer well on the big screen here but this like patch on my end you could really see it good is like primer mm-hmm. and then over here it's like top coat so that I tells me i
1: can kind of see it
0: it tells me uh, what i think happened there is this he just didn't spray enough material yeah um and he probably had like an orange peel kind of look. At least he sprayed primer. Now, if this guy has any well, yeah, for real, honestly. Unless that was the original color of the tile. And which have case, been. it's even I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> if that's it might be. I mean, this this doesn't seem like the type of guy that would take the precaution for the primer, so maybe. Oh man. Well us I'm gonna cut back to it. So He only uh, buys Topco. <laughs> yeah, no, he only buys Topco, yeah. But oh, uh, on here you can kind of see this primer or I see
1: like the smudge on that tile like the second tile.
0: Oh, you know what? That's true. So he didn't use pri- It looks like did he didn't even give this thing an o- an acid wash because that,
1: well, I don't know. The
0: smudge looks it looks just dirty. Yeah. Oh man. Well, it explains gave the it rating. a light he coat
1: over the whole thing.
0: Well, regardless, he gave this thing a pretty, you know, a pretty light coat here. You can see like whatever was underneath yeah, is showing must have just do.
1: been really inconsistent cuz like Well, you can see from this tiny little fucking 20-tile picture that it's inconsistent. On the right, you can see primer on the or that old color. On the left, you can see white, and then you see that smudge on the top. And then on top of that, they say there's runs. So it's like, Jesus, how inconsistent was this spray pattern?
0: Yeah, here's some some pictures. I mean, in multiple areas, it's like that. He's inconsistent in the spray. Uh, But also, the fact that it's coming off so easily, she doesn't really say... If it's areas that are peeling, so I am citing more to, like, maybe he just sprayed it on light. Oh, I can
1: see that one where your cursor's at, the front panel one. Yeah. I can literally see the primer.
0: Yeah, so it looks like it's primer, or maybe he didn't use primer. Yeah, maybe it was, like, a bisque color. color. It was a bisque yeah. or something like that. But regardless, probably because it's this guy, I'm saying poor prep. But sometimes this can happen if you spray it I mean, too light. Not lightly. just
1: poor, prep, poor spray pattern. Yeah, poor yeah. job overall. And...
0: Yeah, I mean he didn't do a good job. Yeah. But if you encounter something like this as a refinisher, it might just be that you sprayed it on too light. And if anything, I mean, if we can take anything that you know this guy said for his word, which probably not. But if he's being truthful, that it was humid that day and that he ran maybe he ran saw that it ran and was like i need to go you know faster or lighter and he just missed spots and then it turned yeah, into that the later thing
1: about it if you're spraying you know a light medium coat mm-hmm. as your first base coat like you're supposed to well after this the guy primer. doesn't know what he's doing so i'm pretty sure he yeah didn't that. like that's what i'm saying though like if if you spray that light to medium coat on the base coat like you're supposed to after the primer there's no reason there should be runs at all, right? So if there, if, even if it is humid, you should be able to, to address that before it even happens, if you have any type of experience.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I, I don't know, but if – she didn't really specify. But if, if she paid and this was blatant in front of her face –
1: yeah, that's kind of ridiculous.
0: She kind of deserved
1: it. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say she deserved it, but I'm not you th- should have definitely, like, said something right in the moment. Well, it seemed also like she did because the guy. it seemed like the guy was going to come back. Yeah. So she probably, like, you know, pointed it out well, after the job.
0: Anytime. Well, this guy already... See, this review is not that... I don't know if it's that old. Let's check it out. Three months ago. Oh, this right. guy already has an established, like... He's already well-established as, like... He's infamous. infamous. Uh, a In bad guy. Mystery. Really, really... He has really, really, really bad reviews. And so, like, she didn't do her due diligence, clearly, because this guy, you know, you don't hear from him once he gets paid. So, um, you know, I'm not saying she deserves it, but do your due diligence if you're a customer out there. I mean, don't let this shit happen to you. Especially this guy. Read reviews of who the hell you're hiring. Yeah. This guy, before that, He had another hundred bad reviews, so it's like, why are you surprised? And I've seen a couple reviews from this guy where he's been doing tubs for a hundred bucks, and people are like, "Oh, well, I went with him because of the great price." Well, now it's going to cost you double, honey. It's going to cost you. I don't
1: understand that logic. It's like, oh, I'm going to cheap out as much as I can. I'm going to find the cheapest guy to do this job. And I hope he does a great
0: job. And then they don't read reviews at the very least. Yeah. There are good budget companies that will do a, a, a good yeah, job. Good job, yep. But, I mean, if you're going to let them screw you up. And also, you know, if you, do, if you didn't know about this guy's reputation and you paid him in cash, then I do say it's kind of your fault. Like, if you already knew he was kind of shitty and you're like, oh, I'm going to pay you in cash. You know, every, every, the 100 people before me, that he screwed over, that's not going to be me. And then you pay him in cash on top of it. It's like, come on, bro, stupid. You I cannot. I would have gave him a check, and then the moment he didn't show up the next day, stop payment. Yep, stop the fucking. Or put check. it on a credit card. Call the credit card company; they'll take anything back. They don't yeah, fucking care. Yeah, that's true. They're they're really yeah. Flexible. But
1: wouldn't he already get the money if it's if he pays with the credit card? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but you can
0: you, you can call the credit card. Tell him you want to reverse the charge. Yeah. If it's a credit card, it's better because credit cards do a thing where if you don't like the service, uh, yeah, cash you kind of ask, you kind of ask. Well, yeah, cash you're hopeless. <laughs> I mean, I've had this, I've had this conversation with mom. No sometimes. paper trail. Mom's like, oh, that's why I like to carry cash. And I'm like, you know what happens when you lose your wallet full of cash? Never see it again, buddy. If somebody steals money from my fucking bank account, call the bank. It's back in there. I, like. So it happened the other day with my Capital One card. Somebody took it. They're spending ninety dollars at Walmart. I called them. They gave me the money back. Cancelled the card. You lose cash; it's gone forever. Cash is great, but it's also like there is literally, like you said, no paper trail. There's no proof. Like this guy yeah. can scrub the, like he could scrub the the cash books to make it look man. like. Yeah, that's old timey transactions. Yeah, that's <laughs> what the boomers use, man. All right, uh, we do accept payments in cash. We, I mean, we accept cash. <laughs> Check cash is good because you have to report it, but other than that, like I mean, it's kind of inconvenience. Like I don't know. I I honestly think me personally, every time I'm paying for something high dollar, I would much rather do it with a cash yeah. or, ch- or with a check. Yeah, or card I'd rather
1: have like that that trail, right? Like, yeah, I want those statements following me well, if it, I'm if it, I'm paying. For here's
0: here's expensive. the danger of someone like this guy. If you pay with cash with this guy and you call him for a warranty, even if he was a little bit more honest of a guy, mm-hmm. there are some people that they can literally scrub your whole file. And if you don't have a canceled check in the checking account of that guy to prove that it was deposited, mm-hmm. you, he can literally like, no, you, you called someone else. This isn't, you're not, like, this isn't the right guy. And he can just claim whatever he wants yeah. because there is no trail. Credit cards and uh, and checks, they, they give you some sort of security and they have a trail. Cash isn't... You know, cash is good, but yep, things like this happen sometimes. Yeah, you need that safety net, dude. So this last one is not a review. This is just kind of a guy on Reddit. I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory. This guy on Reddit wanted to sell his house. All right. And last minute, he's like, well, I'm going to try to refinish tubs. I'm going to refinish the tub in my house because I want to save money. Don't want to hire a pro. And then three days before the house is about to be sold, He's asking people on Reddit. It's old, but he's asking people on Reddit at this time, like, can someone please help me fix this? And just so that you could see what happens when you have no fucking idea what you're doing and you think refinishing tubs is easy. I think he said he had some car painting experience. Like, like he was a car painter. So, this is going to be interesting. Let me see if, if I could pull it up here. I might have to cut to the... I might have to open it up on this screen. So... I'm going uh, I'm, to, I'm hyping it up a little bit because it looks like shit. Let me see if I have a, here, I have a picture of it here. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to use this other way, not use the Photoshop. I just got to move my mouse Jesus. cursor over here. Where's my mouse cursor? Do you see it? No. Yeah. We're, this is kind of tricky. There you go. Jesus. All right. <laughs> oh, I thought this man. one would be fun to include. Not exactly us like looking at a review, uh, but us looking at a botched job from some guy who thought, I'm not going to call a pro. I'm a tub painter. <laughs> I painted cars for 30 years in the war.
1: In the war.
0: All right. Let's cut to that. Oh, man. So, <laughs> as you can see, I mean, it is textured to all What's of This how? big tub refinishing propaganda. I don't Oh <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Uh, oh man. This shit is a prime example of
0: why you should hire a professional.
1: Yeah, of don't DIY motherfuckers. I mean,
0: DIY if you're handy no, and
1: don't DIY unless you have specific experience doing this.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, there's an exception. Like, there's Echo Pal and stuff like that that some people have luck with. Some people. Yeah.
1: Even then, it takes a technical hand to kind of get it to where it's supposed to be, you know, to have a perfect job. Let's but,
0: let's yeah. break this down. I mean, massive orange peel right here. I mean, clear as day. <laughs> you might as well take a bite out of it. It's an orange. Jesus. Over here, there's, like, uh, these, like, st- stroke marks or something. It... it, it, it he said that he sprayed this on
1: that's a longer run than a marathon
0: i mean oh that's a run no on the sidewalk. oh yeah well these ones i mean these ones are just it's it's like one continuous
1: long fucking drip well it looks like they're and racing that, can we talk about this caulking
0: oh yeah uh, this <laughs> one the one that he got on the walls Oh well, and then, so It looks like
1: he took a handful of caulking and tried to smack it into the crevice. So
0: the guy's selling the house. I mean, God bless him. He tried. But, I mean, look <laughs> at this fucking run right here, man. <laughs> That's it, what I'm saying, dude. It looks like the tub is sweating. <laughs> uh oh, shit. You know, so prime example, like Alex said, this is why you should go with a professional. Uh, you know, a professional, not like the guy we were talking about before, but a professional that has good reviews do your due diligence all that type of stuff it should be a smooth and you glossy can, surface yeah you can it's flat as hell too well I you can
1: see that the the surface was just not prepped at all in the corner you can see like old residual soap scum and shit
0: this right here you looks can like see it's peeling
1: it. Yeah, or it's either that or it's just fucking dirt from underneath that he just didn't spray enough on there to actually cover. It looks like he didn't do the mix On inside wall, you can literally see specks all over that. There's dirt and dust particles all on top of it, and then he sprayed over it because they're all white. Yep. So once that dries, they're embedded into the surface. The only way to get that off is to sand it back down to the porcelain. The, The thing is, with something like this, you're causing yourself more of an issue and more of a a burden on your wallet later, right? Because you're going to... Not only does somebody have to come in here and fix the job you did, like, you know, if there are repairs underneath, they need to address that too. They need to go out of their way to to clean up the mess of caulking you made all over the walls. It's like... I I personally would probably fucking charge for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, you don't even know if anything he used was like, proper, I don't know, this is just terrible.
0: It's really, really bad, but the reason that I put this out there is just, like, like you were talking about, like, don't DIY. Well, I think that there is a space for that, right? And there's a space, there's certain types of people that can do it. exactly. But he said in the little Reddit post, too, that it almost has, like, a greenish tint. I guarantee you anything. He did not read the instructions on how to properly mix it either because it does kind of, like, if you look at it on the screen over here, one you can't really really tell but it does kind of have like a little greenish hue to it and seems to me like he didn't thoroughly mix it either so you know it's just these are things that are avoided if you choose a professional now if this tub was bare before which i'm assuming it was and he tried to refinish it if he would have just contacted a professional from the beginning he probably would have saved himself an extra 150 200 bucks i don't know what the outcome was because he never followed up but I'm assuming that he probably had a professional come do it. Definitely. And he probably paid a pretty penny for it because, I mean, you're talking about taking all that stuff off, taking the caulking off, whatever's underneath it he didn't address. And that
1: just, that just looks so disgusting. Yeah. Right? Like, it looks dirty. Even though he just painted it's supposed to be a fresh paint job. It looks dirty. Like, yeah. like somebody walks into that bathroom and nasty. they don't see it as, you know, like – added value to the house, they see it as a problem. Yeah. You know? So that's something that if I was selling a house, I would have taken care of probably before I sold it. So he probably, mo- more than likely, he spent that extra money to get it done by a professional anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, I mean, like, I would price something like this at bathtub Guys. 375 for the top, $125 to strip. Uh, and it's going to need to be completely stripped. And this is one of those projects that, uh, sadly, I'm going to have to probably have the guy there most of the day because, if you do something this bad where everything, literally every single inch of that needs to be taken off, uh, it's going to take most of the day. And so depending on what else, I would try, you know, since he's selling it, I would try to, you know, hey, you want to do some anti skid or something like that and, you know, maybe get an extra couple bucks out of it. But I think 500 would be fair for this. I don't know what he paid, but I imagine it's in that ballpark.
1: Yeah, more or less.
0: Yeah, he probably went. He probably read reviews when he went to go look to see who was he was gonna call. He probably didn't want a nightmare. So, for real. Yeah. So we're gonna leave it there. That was pretty much it. I mean, we did an hour and thirty six minutes. Pretty good. It's pretty pretty long show today. All right. So uh, again, guys, we're doing Q and A. I don't know if you're gonna be in it, but I'm doing it. We as bathtub guys will do it. So, yeah, uh, send your questions our way. Yeah, we'll, we'll be more than happy to answer them. Um, and uh, if you see bad reviews out there, send me them, too. I want to yeah, get more, more stuff us, to cover, too, send man. Send us reviews. It doesn't matter what city <laughs> and, you're in. And even if it's one of yours, tell me, and I will critique it, like, properly. Or also, if you want to send us pictures of the jobs you do, and you're saying, like, you know, maybe it doesn't look right, or can you give me a tip on how to better yeah. this? Yeah. Like, we're, we're not dicks. Some of uh, these people deserve no, it. No, no.
1: Let's let's do a segment where we roast people's DIY projects.
0: Oh yeah, we, I mean we could definitely. I love that. Well, the DIY people things. start sending in like,
1: oh look at this tub I painted. Yeah, came out pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're just like shut the fuck up.
0: But anyway, for now, I mean, we did like I said, guys, an hour thirty seven minutes, pretty good long show. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Yep, uh, good old time. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys on the next one, and hopefully Thank on the next one, Thanks for watching. On the next one, I wanna maybe put up there on the big screen some of the work we've been doing on the clawfoot tub. Oh yeah. Do like a grand reveal type of thing too.
1: Oh yeah. You guys can see the finished product.
0: All right. Well with that, we're out. Peace. You just listened to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to ask any questions or suggest topics for the next episode by following at Bathtub Guys on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And thanks for listening.